0: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins
1: podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team. every day. day, day, day. We welcome you to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 195, episode number 195, and it is good to have you with us Uh, as we record this. It is Tuesday evening in the uh, eastern uh, time zone. Uh, And the Redskins made a small, small transaction on Tuesday, made another. Uh, Deal official. Uh, We'll get you all the news, all the headlines, all the rumors, and everything going around uh, the Washington Redskins right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Let's start with this. Uh, Eric Flowers' contract numbers came in. Remember, in episode number 194, we went through why the Redskins should consider signing Eric Flowers um, because of his versatility, because of his experience, because of his potential talent, um, all of that. And then we were lucky enough during our final break to find out that indeed they had signed Eric Flowers to a one-year, what was reported $4 million deal uh, at the time. Here's actually how the numbers uh, break down according to um, various sources through the NFLPA and numbers that uh, I was given. A $1 million signing bonus Eric Flowers gets, a $500,000 guarantee ...on his base salary, which is $2 million. So his base salary is $2 million, but only $500,000 of that is a full guarantee. And that's important. Um, Then, if he makes the 53-man roster, and therefore as a vested veteran, he would get the $2 million base salary, which would then become fully guaranteed plus the $1 million signing bonus, that's $3 million. Then he has a bunch of in-game incentives where he has to actually be on the 46-man roster, and I believe it's about $16,000 per game in these active roster but not active roster as in 53-man active roster, as in game day, 46-man roster of about 16000 and change uh, per game that he can make some extra money on. And so the deal boils down to this. Again, if Eric Flowers, for whatever reason, gets to a situation where he just can't hack it for whatever their evaluation is, he'll get the $1 million again signing bonus guaranteed. That's happened. He'll get his $500,000 in full guarantee of a base salary. But if he does not make the 53, the Redskins would, of course, not have to pay him the extra $1.5 million in base salary, and they would not have to pay him that per 46-man game roster bonus payment of, again, approximately a little bit more than $16,000. So if you're with me, basically the Redskins... If Eric Flowers, for whatever reason, did not work out, they would be on the hook in terms of dead money for 1.5 million dollars. But once he makes the 53-man roster and once he goes forward with Week One, then indeed Eric Flowers does count uh, at about three million dollars. Again, two million in base salary, one million in signing bonus, plus those in-game incentives that we just talked about. For a total of $3.25 million. So uh, the deal is not anywhere near as bad as we kind of originally maybe thought when we got some of the terms on late Monday night of a one-year $4 million deal without seeing the breakdown. And the breakdown is always important. The structure is always important. Again, in this particular case, it's not a whole lot of structure uh, because it's only a one-year deal. Again, I still think this is a very worthwhile gamble for the Washington Redskins. Now, here's what we also didn't know, but we speculated and we talked about Remember, Ty Insecki, of course, played not only left tackle and right tackle, but he also finished last year at guard. And at times during his Washington tenure, he certainly, again, played guard, again, on a fill-in emergency-type basis, even though the Redskins would have preferred clearly to use him at tackle and tackle alone but the need was so extreme that they had to do that well again they let ty and techie go got a nice contract around two years 15-ish million dollars from the Buffalo Bills very versatile offensive lineman but he's 34 going on 35 with with um with, with uh Eric flowers he's 24 going on 25. Uh, He does have, again, four years of experience in the NFL, finished up at left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year in seven games, only allowed two sacks, played a whole bunch at left tackle for the New York Giants as a former number 9 overall pick in 2015 in the Brandon Sheriff trade. Again, we told you some people in the Redskins' front office and building at the time really liked Eric Flowers. They went with Brandon Sheriff. Clearly that was the right move. Uh, The bottom line is is the Redskins, according to some reports – the plan is for them to play him and start him at left guard. And when I say start him, I don't mean he's the starter. He's probably the likely starter. But the, the start him, meaning instead of getting him a lot of reps at tackle, they're going to try and hope that Jaron Christian can get healthy and improve. Of course, Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, and they have some other camp bodies that they will use. And Jay Gruden admitted the other day that they don't even know when they get on the field for OTAs if they're going to be able to do anything more than seven-on-sevens, meaning there might be very limited, if any, 11-on-11 full-team squads until you get down to Richmond at the end of July for training camp. Uh, But nevertheless, they're going to, according to some, plan on on Eric Flowers to to begin at left guard at left guard and you might say well wait a second he couldn't play tackle what would make you think he can play left well clearly he has less space to cover he's interior he's inside of Chase Rullier, uh, and as well Trent Williams when everybody's healthy and everybody's going. so he has less room to go he does have to anchor more he does have to worry about being bull rushed and powered and overpowered. I don't think that was as much his concern as it was speed and speed to power off the edge and getting the good hand placement and hand technique. Uh, I guess he told Redskins.com, according to uh, what I heard uh, somebody say on on Twitter, uh, and and actually, I think it was my co host on 1067 The Fan on Tuesday, JP Finley of NBC Sports Washington, say that. You know, Eric Flowers told Redskins.com that he was excited to work with Bill Callahan because Bill Callahan had already shared with him some technique things and some things he had not learned and some things he had not heard. And again, if the Redskins are planning on starting him out and 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 working him in at a guard, basically it allows you to think that you have a veteran option if Jaron Christian is not ready to go as your backup swing tackle. And certainly you would like to get him some reps in-game practice, all that stuff when you get down to Richmond. But also, it might just solve the glowing problem at left guard if Eric Flowers can, again, with a full offseason program and full work with Bill Callahan over the uh, weeks that they are allowed to work before you even get to Richmond, along with four preseason games or at least three preseason games, but likely four, along with all the practices that they can get him ready so that maybe, just maybe, for week one, Eric Flowers is ready to play at left guard, again, with Trent Williams to his left and Chase Roulier to his right at the center position. Uh, So that wraps up that portion of our show. Just wanted to go over that and, again, the potential usages and some of the developments when it comes to Eric Flowers. There was one other thing uh, that we wanted to point out, uh, and that was Evan Silva of rotoworld.com, who covers the NFL and does a tremendous job. He called this... The dumbest signing of the offseason. I had him on my radio show on 106.7 The Fan on Tuesday afternoon. You can go to thefandc.com to listen back to that interview again along with J.P. Finley. I disagree with him. Uh, His main beef was the Redskins should be building for the future and should not be surrendering a 2020 compensatory projected pick of a sixth-rounder that they would have gotten for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. My point is... The Redskins did not want to and really could not afford to spend the kind of money it would take to retain Ty Ensecki, so they absolutely needed somebody not only at left guard, but they needed somebody that could also be a veteran backup swing tackle because they can't trust Jaron Christian that he's ready to go and that he's even good. They have hopes that he's good. They have hopes that he'll be healthy for training camp and all that, but they don't know. So they needed somebody with some dual versatility. And again, at $3.25 million with only one and a half of it guaranteed, I think it's a pretty smart signing. A 2020 compensatory pick at the bottom part of the sixth round sounds nice. And in nature, sure, absolutely, you could find a gem. I got it. I understand that. That doesn't help out Jay Gruden right now. Jay Gruden needs to win this year. And maybe even Bruce Allen needs to win this year. Who knows with that situation. All right. When we return, uh, we will get an update on another player that the Redskins brought back. They also made another deal official on Tuesday. Uh, And as well, we'll get into Randall Cobb. And, oh, yeah, there's news that uh, I broke on late Tuesday afternoon about Josh Norman. We'll do all that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us.
0: Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com/slash credit card.
1: Good to have you with us. Episode number 195 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. When you get in your car, make sure you tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked On Redskins. This way you can go hands-free, get all your Redskins content up to the minute as best we possibly can, provide it uh, in nice short snippets for you on your commute into work. Again, when you get in your car, play podcast. Tell your smart speaker device to play podcast. Locked on Redskins. As always, make sure you're following on Twitter at Locked Redskins at Locked Redskins for Redskins only content uh, from me and from a number of different uh, aggregate reports and things that we find interesting that are specifically about the Washington Redskins or affect the Washington Redskins. You can follow me individually at Wrestlemania 621 just a warning there's also non-redskin stuff on that particular Twitter handle at Wrestlemania 621 and if you want NFL team coverage from all 32 teams around the NFL do invite you must have at locked on NFL net at locked on NFL net on both Twitter and Instagram at locked on NFL net is the way to go there. All right, let's get to it. The Redskins. Uh, made one move official that we talked about in detail yesterday. Brian Quick is officially signed and back. Uh, Who knows if he'll make the 53, but he's got a shot because the Redskins just don't have a whole lot, as we kind of explained yesterday. Paul Richardson not healthy. We hope that by training camp – He will be full speed and ready to go. We know about Josh Doxson's situation entering right now the final year of his contract. However, he could be given the fifth year option. I would be stunned by that. Um, I assume everyone else would be stunned by that. I have no knowledge of that, but I would be literally floored if the Redskins put the fifth year option on Josh Doxson. They have Trey Quinn. They have guys like Jehu Chesson, uh, Brian Quick, not Brian Quick. Some other guys are are, are free agents. They let Maurice Harris go uh, to the New England Patriots. Let uh, Jamison Crowder go uh, to the New England Patriots. Uh, I'm sorry, to the New York Jets. So the bottom line is is the Redskins certainly have a need and have body space available to at least carry a guy like Brian Quick who can help you on special teams, a little bit help you uh, in terms of offense. Again, nine catches, over 17 games, parts of two seasons uh, for Washington. So they made that deal uh, official uh, as well. And then they also made this move official. They brought back unrestricted free agent guard. Zach Kieran. He was signed late last year with all the injuries to first Sean Laval, Brandon Sheriff. Um, You know, all the different guys that they went through, Jonathan Cooper, uh, who's still out there, by the way, uh, with Ari Quancho out for the season, with Tyler Catalina out for the season. I mean, they just had an absolute turnstile. So they brought back Zach Kieran, uh, and again, an unrestricted free agent. He played in a couple of games uh, for them at the end of the year. Now, again, that is just as much for depth and because they don't quite honestly have under contract an actual left guard Uh, because, again, Flowers is now under contract. The plan is there, but they need to provide him some competition, and they also need to have a backup plan uh, because, again, they don't have anybody else that they feel really good about. Tony Bergstrom's also a free agent, the center and guard, who finished up at right guard uh, last year, but could also play left guard uh, if they needed him to. So Zach Kieran brought back, uh, again, and that is official as of Tuesday afternoon along with Brian Quick. Now, One thing that we need to get to, um, and we'll do it right here, is I was told by a couple of different sources um, that I talked to that the Redskins front office, certain members of the front office, not Dan Snyder, and we don't know about Bruce Allen, um, but that personnel people for the Washington Redskins and members of the coaching staff, and I'm not sure if this is all coaches or not, were... And are very frustrated with the whole Josh Norman situation. Um, Josh Norman makes a ton of money, as we know. And Josh Norman, quite honestly, hasn't lived up to this contract. And basically, the long and the short of it is part of not living up to the contract has been, again, a disappointing level of game-changing plays, meaning more interceptions at key critical times against... Elite quarterbacks and elite coverage. He got beat for eight touchdowns last year, according to ProFootballFocus.com and their premium subscription. We've been over this a lot of times, right? Josh Norman is one of the best-paid players in the NFL still. He graded out a 68.9 out of 100, certainly not awful by any uh, you know stretch of the imagination, uh, last year. His 2019 cap hit is $14.5 million. Now, ForTheWin.com, which is part of USA Today, came up with a metric called value above market price. Value above market price, which is basically part of their NFL Moneyball series, uh, and it tries to identify the most overpaid players, uh, but also to kind of put a number on it. Kind of like how war, for those of you that are involved in baseball, Wins above replacement puts a metric on how much a player is worth versus somebody else, um, and again, the best players are going to have a higher WAR in this particular metric. That again, USA Today and for the win came up with called VAMP Value Above Market Price. Josh Norman's va- projected VAMP, projected VAMP, and value above market price is minus. Minus $9.2 million. Now, I take that to mean that basically his cap hit of $14.5 million is about $9.2 million over the projected value uh, that USA Today and, again, for the win has assigned to him. And, again, a value above market price. That's how I'm interpreting it. They don't really explain it any more deeper. But, again, it is – An eye-popping number, and quite honestly, I would agree with that. Um, And it says, quote, one of the few decisions Dave Gettleman, then the Carolina Panthers general manager, now the New York Giants general manager, got right over the last few years was the one to rescind the franchise tag from then Panthers corner Josh Norman. The Redskins gave him the big contract he was looking for, and they have to be regretting that decision now. Norman has been exposed as a corner struggles in man coverage, but he's being paid like a shutdown guy. Listen, I've said this over and over and over and over and over and over again until the cows come home on the radio, in print, in any forum that I can on Twitter. Josh Norman was never going to live up to this contract. He wasn't good in terms of high-end speed. He was a little bit smaller than you would like. Yes, feisty, competitive. Yes, a ball hawk at times. Yes, tough. They mistook his leadership. They had no idea because they didn't bother to investigate that Josh Norman wanted to go Hollywood more than Josh Norman wanted to be a Pro Bowl corner. And they've been living to regret that decision uh, all along. Now, the problem is, again, that right now, as it stands, he counts $14.5 million under the Redskins' salary cap. If they were to completely cut him loose right now, they would take on a six million dollar dead cap hit against the 2018 cap, and at last check, the Redskins had about 14, 14 and a half million dollars, but that was before the Eric Flowers signing. So really, it's uh, probably about 12, 13, somewhere in that range. Just work with me here. About 12, 13. If they keep all their draft picks, that's going to cost about eight and a half million dollars under the projected slot value spot. So really, they have about four and a half, five five and a half million dollars somewhere in that range left over to sign other players, right? So you can't even take the dead cap hit of six million dollars, reasonably speaking, and still improve your team at edge rusher, maybe another safety, maybe a replacement. for You just can't do it right now. Right, You could, but you can't reasonably and feasibly do it without whacking other people. And it doesn't seem like they want to whack a guy like Vernon Davis who can still help them out on offense, but an offense that is completely challenged. So right now, you're looking at a $14.5 million cap hit for a guy, quite honestly, that's good, but not great. And who has made a couple of big plays, but certainly has... More than allowed his share of play. And that goes back to his first season, which he led the NFL in penalties. And he was beaten several times, big time, down the field by not even great, great receivers. Guys like Marvin Jones in Detroit, who was then with Detroit. So the bottom line is is the Redskins could save $8.5 million right now against the cap by taking the $6 million cap hit. Again, that would help them out right now, but it would also, again, chew up $6 million worth of dead cap space. So perhaps what they could do is post June 1st him, meaning designate him a June 1st transaction or cut him after June 1st, take a $3 million cap hit this year and save $11.5 million and a $3 million dead cap hit next year, which is probably what they're going to do if if they move on from josh norman the rest of that story is coming up next because that is far from a guarantee and that's kind of where things uh, get interesting as i mentioned on 106.7 the fan and the fan we will have that for you next right here on the locked on redskins podcast thanks for being with us episode number 195
0: hi i'm jake from locked on Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
1: All right, so we are back here on episode number 195. We wrap it up this way. We mentioned the whole Josh Norman situation. He's part of the top 20 most overpaid players in the NFL, according to USA Today's uh, For the Win. We broke down the value above marketplace. By the way, I think I forgot to give his ranking. He is eighth on that particular list that uh, For the Win and USA Today came up with. But then there's more to this story. Mentioned, uh, you know, kind of the, the lack of value and the cap situation and kind of the, the confusing nature of this. And what I was told and what I reported on 106.7 The Fan, and again, you can write get the full wrap-up and the full recap. Chris Lingbach uh, put it up at thefandc.com. I tweeted it on my individual Twitter, at WrestleMania621, and as well, Matt locked Redskins uh, on Twitter is this. I was told that coaches want to move on from Josh Norman. I don't know if it's every coach. I don't know what specific coaches so far be it for me to say, I know for sure it's Jay Gruden, or I know it's for sure, uh, Greg Minuski, or I know, I know for sure it's the new secondary coach Ray Horton. I was just told coaches want to move on, uh, from Josh Norman. Um, What I also heard was that several members of the front office, the football personnel people, again, I don't have specifics as to names, but I was told football-specific personnel people are ready to move on from Josh Norman. Uh, There's a couple of reasons why, which we'll get to. However, I was told as a counter to that, Dan Snyder is against the move. And nobody knows exactly what Bruce Allen is kind of feeling, thinking specifically about this move because... Bruce Allen doesn't share his opinions, his thoughts, and analysis in a lot of cases, and specifically in this one from what I was told by multiple sources with anybody about uh, player evaluation. Now, people in the building think that Bruce Allen is aligned with Dan Snyder and his line of thinking simply because the Redskins haven't moved on from Josh Norman yet. However, again, there is that complicated, and I think it is complicated, salary cap situation of the dead cap hit. Can you afford to take the $6 million now? Can you post June 1st it, take $3 million now, $3 million next year? Does that help you? Can you wait and see what happens in the draft? And that's what I think might be happening here. Right now, people are tired of Josh Norman. And people want to move on from Josh Norman. Those aren't necessarily and always the money people and the people like Dan Snyder, who, from what I was told, Dan Snyder values Josh Norman because of his celebrity status. He thinks that that's a guy that's good to bring eyeballs to the Redskins and to keep them uh, in terms of Q rating and Q factor for a team that, quite honestly, is very vanilla, boring, and nobody is hyped up about. Now, that's what I was told about Dan Snyder, and that's part of the reason why he's resisting on letting Josh Norman go. The other part of this is that, again, and all the quotes are at thefandc.com, and again, I tweeted it at Locked Redskins. Story by Chris Lingbach from what I told on 106.7 The Fan and thefandc.com is that people are just tired of the superstar act and the drama that comes along with that. And here's what you have to remember, you know, we talk about Josh Norman dancing with the stars was a big deal. Now he was coming back for all these, you know, but who knows what kind of shape he was in, who kind of knows what the mindset is, jetting back and forth. He has talked over and over and over again about wanting to do other things and the celebrity lifestyle and movies and TV shows and music and all sorts of different things. He's got all these horses that he raises. That's fine. Whatever you can do, whatever the hell you want. Um, But the other thing that you have to remember, and I know this annoyed some people inside the building, was when he first got here and he signed that massive deal, he signed on with NFL on Fox and he was doing basically like live or taped live pre-recorded game hits and worrying about his TV career and worrying about his personality and worrying about Josh Norman or Jano as opposed to the Washington Redskins and doing his job. And then again, he struggled at times in that first year. He struggled at times, quite honestly, in the last three years. And again, I mentioned, for whatever it's worth, whether you agree or disagree, I largely agree with it, ProfootballFocus.com Premium had him giving up allowing eight touchdowns just last year in the third year of, again, what amounts to a five-year $75 million deal, which certainly leads to him being number eight on that overpaid player list and the value above market price um. I guess, number and quotient, a metric uh, that USA Today and For the Win put out. So, again, what we have here is coaches and front office people, some, want to move on from Josh Norman because, A, they don't think necessarily he's worth it in terms of the cost of the salary cap. The money that they already paid him is the money that they already paid him. But Dan Snyder loves kind of the superstar image or the curating factor that Josh Norman brings in. Uh, And I think he's fond of him individually. We don't know exactly how Bruce Allen feels. However, some people that I talked to feel and heard from feel that Bruce Allen is more aligned with Dan Snyder on this because he hasn't made a move yet. But again, there could be a reason for that. And there could be twofold reasons. One because of the dead cap hit of $6 million. And even if you post June 1st it, you do $3 million this year and $3 million next year, but you can't use that $3 million savings against your cap this year until after June 1st. So there's really no reason to do it right now, quite honestly. So again, wrapping this up because we got to go, there's a chance, there's a chance that the Redskins could Still, cut Josh Norman if there's a change of heart from what I'm told from the owner and maybe from Bruce Allen, and they go along with what coaches and some members of the front office want to do. However, it's more likely, if that's going to happen, to be after June 1st or certainly with a June 1st post designation. All right, that's going to wrap up the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Uh, on episode number 195. Again, when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast, Locked On Redskins. We'll be back as soon as we can with episode number 196. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for downloading. Adios.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?